involved. Um, well, I know one of the churches that was still open was actually a large one, Calvary Pacific Hills, Dave Rolf. And uh, he, he had mentioned something that I thought was really cool. He's like, you know, these things kind of come and go, and, and uh, it's good to be careful. And he says, I'm not a scientist, or I'm not a doctor, and, and uh, we don't want to belittle it at all. Be clean, be wise, you know, not to be exposed to all that kind of stuff. But he's kind of like, we also are prone to exaggerate a little bit on the news, and so there's kind of two sides to that. Uh, but he said, I'm not going to spend a week dedicated to this uh, virus uh, because the Bible's much better than that. Um, so he kind of went into that. And the cool thing was, is that our scripture in our text kind of speaks to not directly the coronavirus, because it's actually not in there, uh, in the Bible. It's not part of the end times, as far as I can tell. I think it'd probably be a higher uh, death rate um, if it was in the pestilence realm. But it is bad. It's a bummer to see anyone go. And, and we, we honor that, and we take that seriously. Um, but... Uh, we are going to continue in studying where we were going in the scripture and God has laid us up a softball, which we can't play. Um, no, you know what? We can practice. So softball guys, let's talk about that. All right. All the fields are empty except for it's raining every day, whatever. Okay. We're in a season, aren't we? Let's stand up and we'll read, uh, Galatians chapter four, verse 12 through 20. That's what we're going through today. Uh, verse 12, brethren, I urge you to become like me for I became like you. You have not injured me at all. You know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at the first and my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear witness that, if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? They zealously court you, but, not, but for no good. Yes, they want to exclude you, that you may be zealous for them. But it is good to be zealous in a good thing always. And not only when I am present with you, my little children, for whom I labor in birth again, Uh, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. I would like to be present with you now and to change my tone, uh, for I have doubts about you. Lord, we thank you for this time this morning, for each person gathered to hear. We pray, Lord, that you would, obviously, that you'd protect this place. You'd protect our church body. uh, Keep us uh, free from um, just sickness or whatever, but also just, uh, Lord, we pray for that this time you would have our full attention and you'd speak to us and that you would grow us. You want to do something here, Lord, and, and we want to be aware. We want to pay attention. We want to jump on board with what's going on right now, God. And so we pray that you'd go before us. You'd speak by your spirit, that we would all be um, just uh, empowered by you and that we would find our hope in you, our life in you, everything in you. So we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, also, in case you were wondering, we didn't pass the offering around because of just just passing. Everyone will be touching the same thing. So if you did want to do that, we have them in the back. No pressure. I just thought I'd mention that because sometimes it was like, what happened to that? 
uh, that's what happened. So there you go. Or online are the other options. Uh, I forgot to mention that in announcements. Um, yeah, no doubt. This has been an odd week. There's so much uncertainty among people. There is a, a fear or a, a concern that you could see a basis for. And then there's an outright crazy fear that is like, where is this coming from? <laughs> Uh, and I think that it's interesting, an interesting season to be in, to recognize, first of all, God is, this is not a surprise to him, okay? None of this is a surprise to him. He didn't, like, accidentally slip, or he's not, like, not on the throne for, while we're in quarantine. He's not in quarantine, okay? God has not been put into quarantine. He is moving and working in all of this. I was explaining to my kids the other day, you know, whenever there's something that kind of gets everyone's attention, there seems to be a spark of revival. Uh, I think 9-11, when the whole world was shocked, and it's like, what, this is, you hear unprecedented, unprecedented, unprecedented. It's never happened like this before. It gets people thinking, and even this whole major fear complex gets people recognizing they're vulnerable. Young, old, rich, poor, what can you do? <laughs> where, where do I find help? Where do I find hope? And for some reason, people, to combat that fear, they try to get all the information about the fear that they can, which makes the fear a thousand times worse. I'm not saying don't be informed. Absolutely, you should. But if you're spending more time focusing on that than on the Lord, expect uh, hysteria. Because you are, are planting yourself in the wrong spot. But if we, as we look to the Lord and we see over and over again throughout history, man, none of this stuff is really unprecedented or new. Uh, I mentioned before we've been watching Little House on the Prairie. It seems like every third episode is about quarantine or some plague that comes through and wipes out a third of the town again. And you're like, what? These were the good old days, right? <laughs> Oh my goodness, this is insane. It's like that show, if you've ever seen, the longer it goes, the more brutal it gets. There's like people being burned a lot. It's like, oh my goodness, I can't watch this anymore. But it's, it's, it was the reality that we've always faced this, but we as a nation and as a people have struggled in a sense that we uh, kind of think we're in control. We think that we've got it all figured out. Modern medicine solves all problems. You know, we'll just throw this money at it or we'll do this. That's something that exists somewhere else. But it it heightens our awareness for something more. And I think that this is a golden opportunity for revival. First in us and then to those around us. So be aware, be alert. This is a good thing in a sense, right? I mean, it's a bad thing, but God uses bad things for good. We'll get into that. Uh, the study uh, is going to be entitled, Everything We Need is Found in Christ. Capitalized in Christ. That's going to be the theme as we go on. Verse 12. Brethren, I urge you to become like me, for I became like you. You have not injured me at all. This is an iconic verse from Paul that makes us all check ourselves. <laughs> you go, be, be like me. Like, who could say that? Um, really, in its context, he's saying in his position in Christ. Remember, the Galatians had, they'd taken on a different position, which wasn't in Christ. It was actually in Christ, but really in the law. They were trusting in the law where it was not supposed to be used. They were using it. And that's problematic. So, 
in Christ is kind of the idea there. I urge you to become like me in Christ, for I became like you in Christ. Paul understood that he was not any better from his Jewish background. He became like a Gentile um, you know, heathen to understand that mentality, to recognize I need to be made new in him. And he bowed down to their level, reached them where they were at in Christ. And he says, you've not injured me at all. I think that's important because he's saying, uh, you didn't, this is not a grudge thing. Okay. The reason I'm coming after you is not because you offended me. Right. If you tell someone the truth, you can offend them. And what happens? They sometimes will try to offend you instead of accepting the fact that the truth sometimes hurts. And you say, don't kill the messenger, but messengers get killed all the time, don't they? Don't kill the messenger. You know, I'm just, just telling you, I'm delivering the message. I've been reading a book a lot about, that's a lot about like confronting issues in a loving way. If you ever confront someone out of anger, it's not your job to confront them straight up. Like as for, or as like, if you've got a grudge against them or what, it's all lovingly, but a lovingly, you know, uh, even doing it lovingly can end up with them trying to rip your head off. Okay. Cause people don't want to hear that they have stuff to work on. We, none of us do. We don't like that. It's nothing that's enjoyable for us. But Paul's saying, trust me. I'm not saying this because I don't love you. I love you very much. I'm telling you this because I want to tell you the truth. And it's all about this, this main reference in Christ. You are, it's everything we're looking for is found in Christ. Life is in Christ. Peace is in Christ. You can't find peace with just more information. You can't find peace with uh, finding you know, the, a, a blog that finally tells you the good news you want to hear. You can't find peace even in just being around friends. Peace is found in Christ. Faith is in Christ. Hope is in Christ. Our love is in Christ. Everything is in him. So if we're to be who we're supposed to be, first of all, which is a stable human right now, it's found in Christ. He will be our power. He will be our strength. He will be the one that will lead us because when we're in Christ, we recognize Man, none of this is an accident. None of this is out of control. None of this, God is with us. Remember, before you pack, you know, get three uh, shopping carts and, you know, have a train walking out with all um, toilet paper, if you could find it. It's kind of gross. I was on OfferUp and I saw people selling, like, kits of all this stuff. Like, we have an unlimited supply of food, toilet paper, and wipes and hand sanitizer. And here's how much it costs, $50 to deliver. If that's you, uh, I'm sorry for offending you, but come on. People are cashing in on this. Absolutely. But remember that the God who is with you and serves you, I'm not saying not to be prepared. We are. We've got extra food, no doubt. No problem with that. But just to, to keep in context, he fed the children of Israel by raining down manna. He took care of his people. He takes care of his people. We don't have to act like fools to survive. (laughs) Much better to be in line with Jesus and be loving and compassionate. We have an opportunity to stand out. The selfishness of the world right now is just so obvious. Everyone is so completely self-centered, even to the point where you're, everyone's like, you know, I, I, I get these PetSmart or Petco or whatever uh, emails and, and everyone's like 
throwing their dogs away because they heard they could get it. It's, I don't even think dogs can get it, but they're like, uh, anything, uh, you're freaking out, you know? And, and, and I understand some of that fear. I get it. But it's like this whole self-enclosed machine that's starting to take over. Our life, though, will be found in Christ. We will be founded in him. We will find our hope in him. Uh, he says, I became like you in Christ. This is, there's also two parts to it, him saying, um, follow me as I follow Christ. First of all, he's saying, follow me as I walked out of legalism. I walked away from this. Paul understood legalism very well. And the other part was Paul really was following Christ. He says it multiple times. Like, I, I am dead serious about following him. I have worked harder. He says, I've worked harder than, than many around me because not I, but the grace of God in me. But I'm not, I'm dead serious about my zeal for Christ. You can put my life to the test. Kind of scary for us to think about, but you get the idea. Uh, Verse 13. You know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at the first. Uh, This is interesting. Uh, We get a glimpse into Paul's speaking to uh, the Galatian church. And it's seemingly the reason he's there is because of a physical infirmity. This was not in his plans. No one really plans on having a jail ministry as far as being inside. No one plans on having a hospital ministry being inside. No one plans on a a lot of the things that uh, God uses most in their lives. Paul had been in Pamphylia. Many believe he had contracted malaria and it was in extreme pain. And and they believe that he had gone to Galatia, which was around 3,600 feet up or so, to kind of get out of that environment. And uh, apparently it was kind of a gnarly scene. Like Paul didn't look great, and he was hurting pretty bad. We don't know exactly what his illness was. Uh, there's Some people think epilepsy. There's going to be the whole thing about eyes. And I guess malaria could be the eyes were involved with that too. Because we'll see in a second. um, He talks about eyes. Uh, Of course, we love to... major on the minors like we love to study the the like the things that are like not clear instead of the things that are clear let's talk about what that is you know or okay i have revelation completely figured out run this person doesn't know anything okay scary there's that's a scary position because we've been going through it on friday mornings and we're like yeah, I mean, I, I get this, and I can kind of see the eye. No one knows exactly what it means, because uh, throughout history, as we've had all these people who have prophesied exactly what it's going to be, a lot of it didn't happen like that. And you go, well, that's not a country anymore. Oops. You know? So it's just taking it with a light hand. Yeah, study it, but recognize we don't know it all. And to m- major on things that are not clear, uh, I, one of the commentaries said, Paul was, was articulate enough to explain what his disease was if he wanted to. He didn't want to, and he didn't feel the need to, so there you go. Um, any way you look at it, Paul was there because of medical reasons, right? And it, because it says, you know that because of physical affirmity, I preached the gospel to you at the first. Because I was sick, I was around you. That's where I happened to be. So this, this speaks to... Uh, circumstances no one would have asked for. We know Paul himself asked three times for his infirmity or his thorn in the flesh to go away, and it didn't. 
And so Paul has been driven to a new place, doing a new thing, but yet he saw the need to preach the gospel there in spite of things not going perfectly. So a lot of times we want to get through that valley so fast, get back up to that mountaintop. Get me to the mountaintop. You are in the valley. That is where the growth takes place. So even right now in the world we're living in, there, it's a bit of a valley. I mean, if not for a health reasons, a mentality reason. There's valleys right now that are like becoming more evident than ever. We are called to do minister here. And when you're so focused on yourself and you're so feeling sorry for yourself and, and we're so driven to like, get me out of here, get me out of here, get me out of here, get me out of here. God's like, no, you've been asking for me to work in your life. You've been praying for revival. I'm laying it up for you. And you, you're closing your eyes. You're battening down. You're scared of everything. And, and this is the opportunity. This is what I have for you to do. And by the way, this doesn't mean going out and being crazy and, and not paying attention to health. Please do that. I'm serious. But, but it is a mentality that first we get and then we pass it to others. We are thermostats, not thermometers. You understand that people are setting the tone? You're a person. You could set the tone. You won't be able to do it outside of Christ. Because you can't find peace outside of Christ. So this is really a call to us to dig deep into the Lord. Say, God, uh, change my heart. Because I can't just will up peace. I can't just will up this, this desire. No, you've got to do it in me. Paul was a man that was absolutely changed. And so his life was to live as Christ, to die as gain. That's his mentality. That's kind of like, we love that verse, but we are so far off that way of living. Like, so far off. It's like, to live is happiness. And to die is extremely unfortunate. It's a tragedy. And it is, in a sense. But how much more... Oh, man, how much are we missing out on? I think myself. This is good. All of my distractions that I didn't really realize I, I used more than I did are gone. When I hate hearing all the news, I go to ESPN. Guess what ESPN's all about right now? There are no sports on. Like there was a UFC fight, right? That, that, that's it. There's no sports on. What in the world? Okay, fine. Let's go mountain biking. It's raining for like three weeks straight. Let's go to the beach. Again, it's raining. What do, we, what do you do? What can you do? All right, fine. You know, the other thing I always like gets, is go out to restaurants. You can't do that, you know. Sure you can, but be careful. But make your own decision. I'm telling anybody what to do. But all of the things that you, you can use as, as these crutches that you didn't even realize are crutches, God is revealing them one after another. And he's going, look, look. There are so many things that you run to before you run to me on all of this. Wake up. Look around. You were created for a purpose. And that purpose is often made clear when the world goes crazy. 
When the world goes crazy, how much more amazing does a rock look like to stand on? When you're spinning, all you're trying to do is find the one constant. I hate the teacups. Hate them. Throw up every time. I just throw up because I hate throwing up. That's why I hate the teacups. And every time I'll go on, I think I can handle it this time. I went with my dad and my uncle who love them. And they were like, let's just rip this thing. Let's go as fast as possible. And whenever I'm trying to, when I'm on a mountain road, if I'm driving, I'm fine. If I'm riding, I'm like watching. Okay, let's follow the line. And I'm like air down and I'm like concentrate. I'm like clinching. Please, God, please get me to Big Bear without throwing up. And I'm sitting there on the teacups and I'm like, what do I focus on? Everything is spinning. So you're looking at the center. And you're like, this isn't good either. And so eventually you're like, oh, I'm so done. And all of a sudden your head goes out and you're like, <laughs> and it's 10 times worse. Get off and have all these issues. What I wouldn't do for as soon as you start feeling that to be like, okay, here's the spot where it actually doesn't spin. And you could just sit there. You'd be like, I'm good. Just keep me here. We're called to be lights. And as the world starts to recognize its darkness, because there's this whole facade where uh, you don't even know you're in the darkness, it's getting pretty obvious. It's getting pretty clear. Man, people are, are in the darkness and they go, what the heck do we do? That's when we shine as lights. But not if you're still in the darkness yourself. So it's a, it's a real opportunity, man. I'm telling you. That's what Paul sees. He's like, hey, look, I'm sick, but God can use this for his glory. So I'm going to preach the gospel to the Galatians. And we're going to see it, it was actually extremely uh, fruitful. In the valley is fruit. On the, on the mountaintop, there could be too many cool views sometimes, right? You get up on the mountain, and you just, you know, but in the valley, there's work. Work is done in the valley. In the valley is where the good things Come, there's, there's, there is a better way. We got to show people that are hopeless and minister to people and not just want easier days, but recognize that these are days to be redeemed. God put you here this time for this reason. Don't be freaked out. Don't be crazy about it. Be cautious, be wise. To be concerned is fine. To be full of fear, that is a God replacement. And fear will always take from you. It will never give back. And it will get your eyes off of God. Be concerned. That's fine. Or don't be concerned. Whatever. That's your choice. Everyone has a different philosophy on that. I'm not trying to dog anyone and the way they think totally. Be smart. Be wise. But at the same time, do not be in fear. That's sin. We do not belong to fear. In Christ, we are thermostats, not thermometers. I love the story of Joseph, right? Jacob, at the end of Jacob dies. This is in Genesis chapter 50. Jacob dies and Joseph's brothers freak out because um, they think that Joseph, now very powerful, is going to wreak havoc on them. He's bringing it down, right? He's like, okay, guys, Dad's dead. So let's, uh, let's talk about what you did to me. How do you guys feel about that? Remember, he is the second most powerful land and powerful person in Egypt. It's like, oh, I could, I could absolutely go to anyway. So Jacob dies. These guys have held a guilty conscience for all these years, which by the way is pain enough. They have this guilty conscience and they quickly bow down to him. 
because they're freaking out, which by the way, is the dream coming to fruition. They're all bowing before Joseph, right? And it happens before, but there you go. The thing that they tried to kill him over was these dreams saying they're all going to bow down. Here they are willingly bowing down before him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring uh, it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will be for you and your little ones. And he, conf- and he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Perspective. Perspective changes everything, doesn't it? Joseph recognizes, no, you meant this for evil. This was God's plan. Through all those trials, all those struggles, I've saved the land of Israel, I mean, of Egypt, and many neighboring countries because of what I went through. And I wouldn't have known God like I do because of what I went through. Guys, please, this is, this is the main thing, okay? Listen to God. What is he trying to tell you? What is he trying to speak to you? I've, I've had a, a real, uh, just even like having the service, like a... God, I really need like a yes or no from you, which is kind of crazy because I don't usually have a yes or no questions for him. It's like, God, lead and guide and whatever. It's like, what do we do? And it's like, you know what? You haven't been as, as clear or direct as you. Anyway, and he, he makes it clear. He'll do it like, okay. And then he starts giving vision. Much of this is for myself, right? I, this is for me. You guys just to come, get to come along, all right? And I think hopefully you find um, some commonality in that and some camaraderie. We are, we're all in this together. Verse 14. And my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. It gives, there's the insight. This was a rough scene. Like you guys didn't despise the fact that I was... Uh, leaking at place, you know, whatever it is exactly that he was going through. But you guys loved me. You guys took care of me. It was a blessing. They did well receiving Paul and Paul did well in not letting the opposition stop him from what he was called to do. Everyone's doing well. And what's the the fruit? Man, people are receiving the good news of the gospel. I was thinking about the word perseverance, and that's a good word for us, isn't it? Perseverance. Not giving up. Not stopping when the, the slightest thing comes against you. When things get a little hard, digging in deeper and going further. Trusting God. Saying, eh, all right, I'm tapping out. I'm out of here. I'm going to go self-medicate. I'm going to go do this or do that. Or I'm going to go check and see if there's any more cases in San Diego since the last three minutes. Still under 20? Okay, cool. This is not where we need to be. Perseverance says, God, I'm aware of the fact. To be concerned is actually to be prayerful. It's to be aware. 
ignorance is bliss is not really super the way to go. It's, it's about being aware, but also having perspective. God, you're with me. God, you're for me. I won't be foolish. I, I won't not take you know, precautions, but I also won't be stopped at doing what I was called to do. And maybe we can use this thing which has caused a lot of chaos, social media, even to speak truth and hope to people. Because that's a lot of the only ways you're going to find people. Who knows? But, to, but just be going to God. I can't tell you what it is. I can't even tell you what it is for me exactly. It's just being those who are of the light. That aren't shaken. Like none of these things move me. Because I know he's in charge. I know he's good. I know he's for me. And whether we live or we die. It's for his glory. That's a good thing. That's a good place to be. To live is Christ. To die is gain because you're in heaven. But what a, what a shame to die in fear. Or to die without purpose. To, to maybe prolong your life to live 120 years. But nothing was accomplished. Jesus did it all in 33 years. 33. Three years of ministry. What a waste. Should have had longer. It was enough. Right? More so that we could even have books to fill up the room. Anyway, it's just like, okay. Verse 15. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Uh, this is the thought that it could be an eye issue. And we see Paul often saying, someone else is writing this for me. See what, with what large letters I've signed it. That's kind of the mentality. He could have had an eye issue. But this was also a common saying. So not to crazy overread into it. Like you'll pluck your eye out. Something of great value and give it to you. Kind of like the idea of if someone were to read in, in, uh, in the future. Like you know a thousand years in the future or whatever. Should the Lord tarry. Uh, yeah that guy get, would give you the shirt off his back. They must have had issues with their backs back then. Because people were willing even to give their shirts off of their backs, which at that time was medicinal. And I actually had, you know, you could see someone explaining that and being like, no, that's not what that means. So it was kind of a saying like that you would have given me anything. You would have given me, you gave me everything you, you could give me. The, the fellowship was so sweet, which is why he's so bummed at what's happening. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? By the way, here it is again. People will struggle with the truth. It doesn't mean we're not supposed to tell it. We're supposed to tell the truth. We're supposed to, uh, in a loving way, give them the truth. Paul's like, I can't let you sit in legalism because that's death. I won't do it. I can't do it. In Christ, they looked like, uh, they look like, wait, in Christ, they look like Christ. In legalism, they were fully in the flesh. And they were treating their brother with whom they loved so much with hatred. <laughs> have, you, have I become your enemy? Like when, when, the, when they were in Christ, the fruit was, they were willing to give of their eye for him. When they're in the flesh or in legalism, which is all self-consuming, what's the fruit? That they, they don't even like him. They see him as an enemy 
because it's messing with their system. It's just, it's, it's so obvious. In Christ is life. Outside of Christ is no life. Religious or not. You can be religious and without Christ, you are like a tyrant. You're, you're terrible for the witness of Christ. In Christ, good fruit. Outside of Christ, disgusting fruit. Same people. Verse 17, they zealously court you, but not for good. Before not for no good. Yes, they want to exclude you that you may be zealous for them. They zealously come after you. A lot of cults are like this, right? They come after you over and over again and show the love and, and this, and they'll come after you and they try to make you want to become part of it. But he's saying, like, this is it's not for good. Paul understood being zealous. It is not in and of itself the good thing, right? Full of zeal is good, but, but it depends on what your zeal is founded on. Remember, Paul says, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. I was more zealous than them all. That zeal is a good thing, but when it's misplaced, it's not a good thing. It's not what it's supposed to be. It's good to be zealous, but, uh, verse 18, but it is good to be zealous in good, in a good thing always, but not only when I am present with you. When I was with you, you guys were full of zeal and it was all good and you guys were stoked and, and, and it is important to be full of zeal. And, you know, I was listening to a message on this. He was like saying, I think one of the things we're missing today is zeal in the church. What's zeal? It's like enthusiasm about the ministry. Enthusiasm about going out and reaching people. And ultimately, what's that say? We don't care about people like we thought we did. Again, a symptom of being self-centered. And we all got to take that truth and not kill the messenger. Because the messenger is God speaking to us. And recognize, man, zeal is great when it's in its right place. But outside of it, it is not good. And it's also important that our zeal uh, can persevere, not just when we're around each other, but other times too. Of course, this is done in Christ. We can't just will, will ourselves to do it. He does it in us. Verse 19. Last couple verses here. My little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Paul's saying, I'll start over if I have to. Like, I love you guys. Like, I just want you to see it. I want you to get it. He's, I won't let you settle for half truths and half commitments and half peace. We're robbing God and we're robbing ourselves in that place. Right? Robbing God, robbing us. Not where we're supposed to be. Verse 20. I would like to be present with you now to change my tone. For I have doubts about you. Paul has seen that this fruit has taken root inside their hearts. The thing is, we are all capable of being what they were, which is a wonderful thing, and then falling back into missing the whole thing. It all comes again. I feel like we're doing this every week, but it's, it's something we, should do, we need to do every day. It's like, where am I at, God? Is Christ the center of my life? Is the gospel working in my life? Is this central to everything I do? Or is it still, it's close to central, but I still got my own thing first. 
The time is now and has always been to turn to the Lord for our hope and for the hope of everyone around us. This thing is, it goes, it comes, it goes, it passes, right? But, but the opportunities are what we want to reach and, and, and be a part. And like, God, this can have everlasting fruit. A lasting, a lasting inconvenience, everlasting fruit. This is, it's the, the time is now for us to wake up, to be lights where we are at. We recognize nothing comes as a surprise to God. We recognize God is in control in Christ. We walk and draw others to the light in Christ. We accomplish God's will for our lives in Christ. Set your hope in him. Spend more time listening to his voice. Limit your time listening to those who promote and are actually pushing for fear and hysteria. There's nothing new under the sun. Our hope remains where it always should be, always has to be in Christ. Who came, fulfilled everything, gives us new life, and gives us life eternal. It's a time to wake up. It's so good to have wake-up calls sometimes, right? Just wake up. Wake me up. You know? It's like an ice bath. Poof, I would not have planned that, but it was effective I'm, I'm here, I'm alert, I'm awake. Nothing to look at except for you, Lord. All my distractions aren't working. They can't, can't do it. What do you want to do? Because guess what? Your neighbor, they're freaking out. How do I minister to them? Even if it's through text, right? Or over the fence, like home improvement. Wilson, you see his hat, you know? Hey, neighbor, (laughs) whatever it is, how do you minister to those around you? Because you got the key and everyone's actually starting to notice they don't. So it's, it's just like chaos. I hope this is enough toilet paper for the rest of my life. Okay. Maybe you could share some, you know, initially I like literally we just needed some and I'm like, oh no. This is a reason to stock up just in case, you know, gosh, what happens if you, uh, you actually do need it. Now, I mean, not, I'm not talking about having 7,000 rolls. I'm talking about, you know, 30 just to make sure. But God wants to do something in us. Do you guys feel it? I think we should pray for an empowering the Holy Spirit, right? This is, this is, it's really cool. Even the president said, you know, today's a day of prayer, right? National day of prayer for for what's going on, there is something that God is doing in this. So that changes our fear and makes it excitement as to what God is doing. What are you doing, Lord? What are you doing? What are you doing? We're not flippant. We don't take it for granted, you know, take any of this for in, um, like it's nothing. But we are aware, man, God, you're always working in this kind of stuff. So what are you doing here and now? Lord, we pray that. Hey, if that's you, let's, let's all do it. Hey, put up your hand and ask God. Let's do this. Ask God for an empowering of the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask for a touch from him. Don't touch anyone else, okay? You keep your hands to yourselves, children. But let's ask him, Lord, we need your power, God. We need your peace. 
We need your love. We need your hope. We need your faith. God, we need all of that. We know it's found in Christ. God, fill us with your Holy Spirit to minister in this season. In this season of infirmity, that it would bring everlasting fruit. In this season of chaos, that we would stand out just ever so more clearly because we're founded on the rock. We aren't full of chaos and fear because we know you're good and you're in control and, and we don't fall to all the tactics of the world because we trust you. God, that you would uh, fill us with your spirit, Lord, to be witnesses and lights in the darkness, that you would make it obvious uh, how dark the world is right now and that, that you would make it equally obvious uh, the light that's in us, God, that we would stand out. But Lord, that you would wake us up. We need this. We needed this. We needed to be woke up in, in one way or another. And God, we pray that you would uh, fill us with your spirit to minister and to work and to do what we're supposed to do and that our lives would be found, founded uh, and continuing in Christ. Thank you so much, God. You're so good to us. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for giving us new life. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Empower us with your Holy Spirit to do good works. In Jesus' name, amen.